You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Welcome to Paranormal Pets Radio with PetLifeRadio.com. My name is Brandy Stark and I'm your host. Today we have with us, for a second time, Shana, who was actually on the show a couple of episodes back talking about pet sensitivity. And we ended up getting into some conversations on cat sensitivity as well as other animals. And she has agreed to, to come back on to talk about felines and the supernatural. Interestingly enough, right around the time I did the interview with her, we actually had a couple, uh, you know, I, I had emailed out to my friends that were we were working on some interviews and one wrote back and said, when are you going to talk about cats? So this is that episode. We want to thank her very much for coming on. And we certainly look forward to talking about the history, mythology, superstition, and all of the enigmatic things that surround our feline friends. But first we need to pause for these announcements. Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. 
So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Welcome back from the announcements, and we have with us today Shana, who is just an absolute delight. She did do part one uh, of an interview called Pet Sensitivity, and again, she had some wonderful discussions about cats and sensitivity, and so here we are again with her. Oddly enough, or interestingly enough, one of our most popular requests from individuals has been about cats, and folks just find them enigmatic, they're historic. They're just wonderful pets, and they're very independent. I think that's what makes cats so intriguing, is that they do what they want to do when they want to do it. Of course, this probably goes right on along with pet sensitivity. So Shana has actually, again, dedicated some time and effort and put together some wonderful information on cat sensitivity and uh, and drawn on her own experience. So we are so delighted to have you back. Oh, I'm happy to be back. This is a great show. Well, thank you, Uh, despite the pugs and everything else. But what's the point of dealing with paranormal pets if you can't deal with pets anyway, even if they are? That's so true. (laughs) Well, do you want to to start off a little bit with uh, just kind of a recap of what we talked about last time about pets and sensitivity, just so that we have kind of a a larger background that we can work with, and, and we'll just start to narrow in a little bit on cats then. Okay. One of the questions or one of the topics we covered the last time was how to know when your pet is sensing a presence or maybe sensing a presence. Well, after doing some research and um, creating the page for people to gather more information and where they can also submit if they would like their own stories, animal stories about it, the more I thought about it, the more it's it's a one-on-one with your pet. You have to really observe them and know the signals they give. You know when a cat, when a cat is tense, if, if that's your pet, or if a dog is tense, they will give out certain signals that you learn. Like, for example, my cats will growl when there's a strange car or person at my front door. Mm-hmm. So 
you can't always say, oh, my cat is growling. Is there something supernatural in the room? But, you know, it's, it's how you observe them. That's true. And that is true. There are different reactions. And it's like I also mentioned on the page, um, if a dog hides and whines, it doesn't really mean there's a malignant presence in the room. It could just be scared of seeing what it's seeing. Mm-hmm. So it's really knowing your pet and observing your pet, and you may be able it'll just make it easier for you to understand the differences in what they're trying to tell you. Okay, excellent. And so, and we had mentioned that there were a few types of animals that were really sensitive, according to, to records. What were those animals? Oh, yeah, there were cats, dogs, goats, cattle, horses, roosters, and hence birds in general. Wow. And, That's... of course, cats and dogs. <laughs> And probably for most people, cats and dogs are the most accessible, too. Yeah, well, Uh, they're the most that stay close at home and that are within the home, so people tend to pay more attention to them. Absolutely. But one of these days, we'll have to see if we can find a bird owner, some good paranormal bird stories. Oh, that would be wonderful, and a horse owner, too. You're right, you're right. But for today, what we get to focus on are the cats. Now, I know that you said you've had a couple of experiences with your cat acting up. uh, Oh, yeah, both of them. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to recap those very quickly? Oh, yeah, sure. My male cat, Midnight, and you you can see a picture of him on the, on the same page, and my female cat, too. He will is usually the one to let you know there's something different in the room. But um, it's, she is more, ver- she's rare that she'll notice things. So when she does, it's usually a treat because she, she observes things with such curiosity in mm-hmm. a different way that it's it's like new to watch in her. So but at the same time it's it's awesome because you, you see a difference in how they sense and how they react. And that is true. And I guess that's the other thing with cats is again they're they are a lot of fun because they have such personalities. And so when they do oh, do yes, something definitely. out of the normal, you know, that really is a time to kind of perk up and pay attention. Well, we've got cats in history and we've got cats in modernity and and it's so interesting again that cats are so heavily requested for for this show even so what is it about cats i mean why is it that cats are sensitive according to your research what have you found as a good just a baseline to start us off for this how would you describe cats one thing about cats is that many people believe they're half here and half there that's referring to this plane and the plane of the spirit world Mm-hmm. So the cats have been related historically to witches, fairies, spirits, goddesses, and the, many people believe they all um, the cat represents all of these different beings or entities. Mm-hmm. So depending on the belief, and then you have the Egyptians who honored and adored cats. Mm-hmm. So cats from way back have always been something special to the human counterparts. And you're right, even just thinking about cats and goddesses and cats and Egypt, it's interesting because you will actually find, since I teach a lot of ancient humanities, definitely goddess figures are associated with the cat. Uh, Oh yeah, there's there's Bubastis or Bastet or Bas, which Mm -hmm. is the cat, the Egyptian cat goddess, and she has the cat head, and she is the goddess of the cats, of course. 
So, and I believe something like warmth, warm sun, the pleasant sun, you know, because cats were associated with, you know, sleeping in the sunlight. So mm-hmm, that yeah. nurturing nature. And, and Native she- Americans also have um, some legends about cats, too. So th- they go back so far. They do. And even Joseph Campbell, because I, I show him in my classes and I adore him, but, you know, he, and, and over the years, it's very Jungian, but uh, the idea of women and cats does make sense because women are, of course, as life bearers and giving birth, they also produce death, you know, so women are, are this dualistic symbol, believe it or not. This is why you find yeah. a lot of mythology with women as, as quote unquote, the fallen, and it's not really fallen. And I, unfortunately, that's a very Western interpretation, but as, um, you know, the ones that that end up uh, like Eve eating the apple of knowledge, you know, life and mm-hmm. death. Although technically, where was Adam? And he was right there when she bit it. So he <laughs> ate it after her, just as a little subnote there. But it makes sense with, with cats then, because if cats are both here and there, they're also kind of a dichotomous creature. They're, they're everywhere. They're uh, part of life and they're part of death, just as women are. And then I also recall, you know, Joseph Campbell does this wonderful video, and there's, there's two things in it that always draw my attention. One, he talks about the sun, you know, as being represented by the lion you know, this great masculine, you know, the hair radiating out from it, uh, you know, just like the sun's rays and the lion's roar scatters the herds, just like the sun scatters the stars in the morning. You end up with kind of that great analogy. And then the other thing was that cats themselves are also associated with the moon because of their reflective eyes. And I don't think that was Joseph Campbell. I think that was another. Well, it's also because they're very, you know, nocturnal. Nocturnal. Domesticated cats will will fool around and play at night while you're trying to sleep. So, <laughs> and they and they glow. those eyes that glow in the dark, just like oh the, yeah, they look supernatural. I've gotten that look from my well, te- technically my mother's cat, but on occasion, <laughs> uh, he's he is the sweetest boy. His name is Big Boy, and he is a you know he's a big black cat, and he'll talk back to you. He's the, you know he's part he's got a little Siamese in him. Uh, he's wonderful, but boy, when they give you that look, it does make oh yeah. Sad. So well, one of the one of the movies I really like how they explain cats being half here, half there is the movie Constantine. Yes, I don't know if you've I ever seen it. Just saw that over the weekend, and you're absolutely right. I knew I knew that reference was in a, in popular fiction, and you're right. He does, and of course he uh, uses the cat to be able to cross over to see what's going on on the other side. So it's it was kind of to me it was very special because that was the first time I had actually. seen the reference mm-hmm. that most people say half here, half there, placed mm-hmm. in a movie. And oddly enough, I was actually working on some art, and there was um, a Catwoman came on first, and that that was a terrible. Oh, movie. I've seen that one too. <laughs> but again, you know, the cat ended up kind of the whole thing. There was even the the idea that uh, Halle Berry's character died, and that you know she came back as this you know cat creature, this cat. Yes, the cat gave one of its lives to her, which gave her the cat-like ability. Yes, which is kind of interesting. I, I would love to have a cat that loyal to me too, but, you know, and then the cat was, you know, able to communicate with her. So we do, and, you know, some might even say Halle Berry could be something like a goddess. I don't know. Uh, oh, so there you go. We <laughs> still have that illusion today, then we still have those ideas. You know, even looking at popular art, you're right. The cat does show up a lot. I do a lot of sci-fi and fantasy fiction art oh, and, yeah. and shows and it's, it's all over. And superstition from Eastern to Western and, and they differ. All over this, this, the cat superstitions are just numerous to describe. Can you cats themselves? Is there a good one that you uh, you can give to us as well, a superstition? Okay. 
the black cat mm-hmm. is always, uh, it's almost everywhere. It's said to be lucky, especially mm-hmm. if it crosses your path. But then in, in America, it's thought to be unlucky, while black and white and gray cats are said to be lucky. So you see that switch in, in Eastern and in Europe, if they're lucky, as black mm-hmm. as can be, but you get Western and that's unlucky. And it's, and that's it's the most famous one everybody, the first one almost everybody thinks of when it comes to, to cat superstitions. And that's interesting. I remember seeing, uh, I think it was Tom and Jerry cartoons where they have this black cat and uh, he befriends the mouse, Jerry. And anytime the mouse is in trouble, he has to blow a whistle on the he cat. Helps, walks, yeah. He walks in front of the other guy's path and, you know, a piano falls on him. You know, so we do have that myth. And, and perhaps in America, the switch, uh, I'm curious about why black, white and gray cats are, are lucky here. But I'm wondering if the switch is really, you know, America has a very strong Protestant colors. I've noticed that in, in in the Western society, colors are very important. It's like black is always, almost always associated with evil or you're sulking, you're depressed, you're to cry for help. While um, red is passion, and you have all these, you know, yellow is is like um, happiness. It's just like with the colors of flowers. You know, it, it, people tend to look at colors and and think colors, uh, there's a big significance behind each color. While in the Asian and European countries, it's like a twist, the reverse. They they view colors in a different form, and, and red will be more passion, while in Western society, red is more like anger and hate. While in European societies, red will be passion and love. So, it's it's a different association. So, it's a cultural association. You're right, because I've heard... I I really think that's what it is. I mean, there's even a a rock song over here in the verses are, you know, seeing red. You know, I'm seeing red. And it's, you know, I I remember seeing the video to it. And, you know, it talks about almost like this uh, anger management group. And they're sitting in a circle. And then, (laughs) you know, they're seeing red. And they just all break out into fighting. So, that is pretty interesting. And then, of course, you know, on Valentine's Day, you know, we're we're supposed to give red roses for passion. Exactly. We do have that dichotomy. Excellent. Well, what we're going to do for just a moment is just pause for a couple of announcements. And then when we get back, I'd like to kind of pick up on maybe some more of the the superstitions, histories, and maybe some modern stories dealing with cats. So let's go ahead and pause for uh, these announcements, and we will be right back. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. What do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. 
Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back. And our guest is Shana. We were talking about cats and actually cultural interpretations of cats and, and luck and superstition and history. And this is just a really great topic. Boy, this covers cats. Who knew they covered everything, it turns out. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about uh, the interpretation of superstitions from one culture to the next and how those things have, have kind of changed over time. Are there other superstitions or, or histories that you find interesting? In America and Europe, the white cat is looked upon with... Um, suspicion, which I always found funny because white cats are usually the most docile, you know, beings, and they're usually um, deaf if they're pure white Mm -hmm. with light eyes. I had one, and he was. Uh, his name yeah, was. Yeah, I had one too, and he was deaf, and he had his whiskers grew twice the size because he used it to feel the earth for, Mm -hmm. you know, so that way he knew when I was calling him, and I would call him, and he would come, and it's because he could feel the vibrations of my voice, not exactly hear it. So it it's well maybe because they act differently than normal cats. I mean, cats already act exactly. Very strangely, and then you have a, a cat that acts even stranger than a normal cat. So, <laughs> interesting. 
Well, what about some modern superstitions dealing with cats? We talked about Constantine and we talked about Catwoman. So we are still seeing some of these Jungian... Older superstitions seeping through still. Absolutely. Are there others that you can think of that, that we deal with even today? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, there's still the famous one where if a cat sneezes three times, the family where it lives will all develop colds. Um, right. A lot of country folks still believe that and, or that a sneezing cat means rain. And you still hear that today. Pregnant, women, would, oh. <laughs> pregnant women can't be around cats? Pregnant women can't be around cats. Um, um, babies. Well, here's another famous one. A cat should not be in a room with a baby because it will steal the baby's breath. Yes. And, and that came out, of, I think it was a Stephen King's movie, too. But it wasn't a cat. It was a little gnome in that movie. That, that's or interesting. Or troll or something. <laughs> And it's it's always curious as to to why cats would be called soul stealers for babies unless you know unless the baby's taken up their lap I don't know you know the no you know and I've always had cats and I've always babysitted so I would have my cats would see the baby and they would just curl up right next to it and and protect it even mm-hmm. and I would still hear people you know today that would say no get that cat away it would steal the baby's breath and I I look at them like what. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's funny to me they 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 hold on to to certain superstitions that really I have yet to to see you know follow through. I yeah. can I can understand that maybe that came from um, the cat laying on the baby's chest and being that it's so small, it might have accidentally suffocated the baby. That that might be one reason where that um, superstition came from. But, and I hope never, to see a cat actually steal a baby's breath like like the superstition goes. Well, it's also interesting because in the Middle East, there's a story of a of a woman called Lilith. And I don't know if you're familiar with Lilith, but oh, she's, she's, yeah. a, she's in the, the Jewish Talmud. And it's mostly folklore. During the first century CE, around that time period, the Jews were undergoing a lot of, of turbulence. And there was this move towards very extreme orthodoxy. They were trying to, to do a lot of uh, direct interpretation. And over time, what ended up developing was, was actually from the book of Genesis, because there are two creation stories. And one of these two creation stories actually deals with uh, Adam and actually man and woman. I don't know that they're named being created at the same time out of clay. And of course, you can't have two stories in Genesis and have them both be right. So the folk folklore developed that, and this is just one version of the folklore, there's there's a couple different, but that God created a prototype for Adam, and her name was Lilith, and that Lilith had a little bit of literally swamp muck put into her, you know, inadvertently with the mud, I don't know, and and that she was very free-spirited and high-spirited, and uh, would not submit to the will of her husband. And would so not, God, yes, submit to him. Yes, and people can interpret that as... Yeah, whichever way they want. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty direct interpretation, but that's... Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and essentially, God said, you need to submit to your husband. And she said, no, and he cast her out. He cast her out of Eden, and she fell to earth where she became a demoness. And because Adam later got Eve, that's the second story where, you know, God pops the rib out, and there's Eve. Lilith does not do well. She's also very jealous. And so she is incredibly jealous of the children of Adam and Eve and their descendants. And because she cannot have those children, she can only produce demons. She is the one who sucks out the souls from babies. And so both stories kind of relate to sudden infant death syndrome. And, and even that duality that we were talking about at the beginning of the show with, oh, with yeah. uh, cats and women and the feminine also representing life and death. 
That is pretty wild. Now, do you get a lot of stories about cats sensing the supernatural? Actually, you know what? Amazingly, I don't. I get more stories about dogs Mm -hmm. because that seems to be what a lot of people have more in their homes lately. I don't know, or that they notice because um, it's like when people say to me, cats only want love when they want attention or, you know, when because they are referred to as so independent. Mm-hmm. which my cats are totally different because they're always around me. They, they're happy for a rub anytime. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's just that dogs, people tend to, a lot of people, not everyone, but tend to pay attention more to what their dogs do. But I get more dog stories than cat stories. I wish I'd get some cat stories. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay. Well, you know, we can always put that request out. And, you know, as people listen to the show, hopefully they will start sending in some more stories because I do find it so interesting. As I said that, you know, I've had the direct requests, you know, when are we going to learn more about cats? Well, okay. I I have read many times of people seeing that their cats are swatting at something. Mm -hmm. We'll take a picture and an orb will appear. And I know the orb is a controversial subject in itself. <laughs> it's a yes, whole other subject. <laughs> but I still find it amazing that they will take those pictures and these little balls will appear and there's the cat swatting at it. That so is. that I've seen more in um, story form from people than, than actual cat stories. So that would be great. If, and, and horses and birds, I would love to, to hear some horses. There's so many Native American legends about how horses would not enter a certain spot and mm-hmm. would not trail into certain areas, and it was either believed that the the place had evil, you know, from the Native Americans' point of view. Mm-hmm. And for example, one of those places turned out to be the mystery spot in California. No kidding. Yeah, that- and, and the high energy levels and the way things are twisted there. If you think about it, uh, an animal's heightened senses, mm-hmm. how they might react to that. Oh, absolutely. And I do know that I have read accounts of Roman, Greek and Roman stories where at least horses are mentioned as being one of those animals that you should pay attention to because they will shy away. And even European stories. I haven't heard many on birds, though. I think personally that would be rather interesting, too. There's a lot of old, old superstitions and old folklore about specifically roosters, how um, if they crow, um, witches couldn't be around anymore. Once they crowed on the first crack of dawn, mm-hmm. and which is kind of silly because a rooster will crow all night. But <laughs> and it's also um, said they can they can uh, sense jinn, the spirits yeah. in, in Islam, both dogs. Oh yeah, and- that they were highly believed to to sense evil and and spirits. Absolutely, and of course, I think if a, a rooster laid an egg. And I know that's a weird one right there, but what did that become? It became, oh gosh, there was a creature that could turn you to stone just by looking at you. And uh, it was said to come from the rooster who laid an egg. So, Oh, wow. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> and actually, sci-fi. Sci-fi did a really cheesy story on it, too. And I'm oh, darned if I can't remember the name of that thing. But actually, yeah, I think that would be interesting. I know I've been trying to kind of open a dichotomy because one of the things that I, I uh, am trying to stress as well are, are small animals. So I think most animals have that sensitivity. But I guess cats just hold our fascination. They just always have and they always will. They're, they're very artistic. You know, when you look at art, you know, cats with their long and, and sensual nature oh, yeah. uh, just really come out very well. And again, it's just that neat, enigmatic personality. that And almost uh, everywhere where you hear something 
haunted or creepy or unexplained. There's a cat roaming around the neighborhood. It's kind of like the Bell Witch story. There was always a cat hanging around that area. Oh, no, that's an interesting one. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Bell Witch? Because that's... Uh, Well, I haven't really refreshed my memory about it lately, but from what I remember... Not only could they hear animal growls and, and animal sounds that weren't native to the area, mm-hmm. but they found that there were a lot of cats that would converge upon the area. Mm-hmm. So that, that has always been, that, that was what ca- caught my eye, the fact that the cats would converge and there. The Bell Witch is a very uh, popular paranormal story. It's an older one, but yeah, there's a, a haunted property, you know, and I, I think it, yeah. they actually determined it was near a I well. I think they still have the tours to the Bell Witch cave going <laughs> on, but that the um, houses and that where the supposed acclaim haunting or whatever happened isn't there anymore. But they do, last time I read, they had the tours to the Bell Witch cave. And it's, it is neat that the cats converge. And I know Stephen King has used that in one of his... Uh, in many, oh, in many, many, many um, Stephen King and, and, oh, the name of the other um, director. He, they almost always have um, cats ro- yes. at least once <laughs> roaming around. And it is. It really is fascinating that they can they can hold our attention like that, and uh, that you know again they kind of give us the sense of of supernatural eeriness just because they're cats. I mean, just what, because they're cats, it's like they seem to fit in, yes. <laughs> in whatever supernatural is going on. It, they just fit by seeing them. People almost expect to see them. And there's just no other real creature out there that that matches that, which I just think is really, really interesting. You know, I mean, I've heard of stories of the one-eyed Angus and, you know, these uh, cemetery guardian dogs and things like that, but nowhere near as popular as, you know, as a cat, you know, and I just... And and it's funny because in in folklore, you'll have demonic dogs or cemetery watcher dogs and stuff and and all of that, but you never once hear of a ghostly, well, not never once, very rarely do you hear of ghostly cats. Usually it's just a cat on the cemetery wall or mm-hmm. or something like that, or a cat shadow that was seen. But it, it, it's like they may be the same watchers as the dogs, but people don't view them that way. They just view them as the cat was there, and that's creepy enough for them, you know? And that could be. And again, the other thing that I always wonder is that maybe some of these other animals, you know, dogs do bend to people's wills to a certain degree. I mean, they, uh, if, well, except for And pugs. if a dog growls at you, you, you tend to pay attention. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, whereas cats, you know, how trainable are they? You know, I know there's people that can train cats to do some things, but I think it's because the cat wants to do them in the end. I don't know that it's really us, you know, encouraging them. Whereas with dogs and other animals, horses, uh, even birds to a certain extent, they do kind of bend to the human will, you know, and try, like I said, with the exception to of please, public, you know, but yes, they try to please and they try to fit within those parameters. And maybe that's why you don't hear stories of demonic cats because cats are just so independent. You know, maybe they're neutral agents out there. They're neither good nor oh. evil. They're in between and they're going to do what they want to do. That's a great thing you just brought up. I looked and searched about anything about a demonic cat. Mm-hmm. And though I did find through my research, that cats have been claimed to be possessed, have their relation to the demonic is really non-existent. 
They are mo- mostly censors of the demonic. But, but being the fact that when it comes to people who are, who are claimed to be possessed, they may hiss, growl, and they give off such, uh, are claimed to give off such animal-like noises. Mm-hmm. Many people might say, oh, that sounds like a cat, or they're sounding like a dog. But um, really, their relationship with the demonic is usually that they're censors or protectors, mm-hmm. not not demonic themselves. I thought that was great because that shows, like, uh, to me, like a superiority. Because yeah. dogs have been claimed to be possessed and all of this and other and animals. They, that is neat because I was going to say, you know, we, we even have uh, the stories of the hellhounds who hunt, hunt down, you know, uh, runaway oh, black souls. Yeah, oh, all sorts of great stuff. Where and Europe, Europe has, a, has many stories about um, ghostly horses that draw ghostly carriages, carriages, you know, and then Gettysburg has their own story about horses, um, ghostly horses with um, their ghostly soldiers. That is interesting. And, and Native Americans also have the same thing, ghostly horses with their, with their Native American um, riders. But when it comes to cats, you really don't hear them much as ghostly forms, but as those that sense or that protect. Excellent. Well, we're nearing the end of our time, but if people want to, to learn a little bit more about this, where can they go? They can go to your website, right? Yes. Um, I just put up a page that has a bit more information, and hopefully as I find more, it will always be updated. It's called um, wintersteel.com slash pet dash sensitivity.html you can find it on our home page it'll be easier just scroll down (laughs) and um, it has the basic information the superstitions and any little stories I could find it even has my personal story if you missed it the first time you can read it in depth and even see pictures of my cats on it excellent and uh, actually if you do end up with some extra stories and uh, a good compilation we might have you on again maybe just kind of detailing some of the the things that you've learned so well we certainly look forward to that and i i really hope people start sending in i i uh, am absolutely oh it would be wonderful i would love to hear more pet stories because i know they're out there Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think this is, as I said, this is kind of a new topic and a new forum for folks. So, you know, just the idea of of animals and souls, you know, kind of coming up now in in maybe the past 30 years, really. So I think this is kind of some burgeoning new research that uh, is going on. So I look forward to seeing what the results are. And I want to thank you again for being on our show. That was wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me again. Again, if folks want to, to learn more about you, they can check out wintersteel.com. And with that, we're just going to conclude our show. And uh, if you do have stories or uh, anything significant that you like to send in, please do. Uh, I'd be happy also, if you can't get to the Winter Steel, I'd be happy to forward them on for you. But uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully for our cat lovers out there, this is uh, at least something to whet your appetites and to get you thinking a little bit further about cat lore and where it still fits in our society today. And as always, I encourage folks to support animal rescue and animal charities. Uh, One of the things that does tend to fill up very quickly in today's world uh, are the animal shelters. And I know locally we have Friends of Strays and a couple of, of cat shelters and they almost always fill up right away. So if 
if you have room in your your home and heart, definitely support those animal charities, adopt a pet, and uh, and they will give you years of companionship. If you'd like to learn more about the supernatural in St. Petersburg, Florida, you're welcome to see the Spirits of St. Petersburg site at www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And with that, we are going to conclude the show. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>